0: And then I came across something that talked about the karaoke sans in Singapore. So I was like, what's that? And then karayuki san. (laughs) So it's a Japanese prostitute. Oh. Ooh.
1: Hi everyone. And welcome to this episode of uh, the Chris Hansen Conversation. Um, I have someone with me right now, but before before I introduce my guest in the studio, I would like to say a very, very big thank you for these little munchkins again. I tell you, I just love this. I tell you, I'm going to get fatter and fatter and fatter because of these little munchkins. They're called Vades, and they're from Gordon's Vades. And I'd like to thank you, Gordon's Vades, especially VJ for picking the trip all the time before we start to shoot in the studio. For really, these little nuggets of absolute crispiest, fluffiest vades in the whole damn country. And it comes with these little, little spicy ones too. The chili is great as well as the prawn vades. So make sure, it's on the screen, make sure you call that number, or WhatsApp that number, or get online and get you some of these from Gordon vades. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, VJ. And now back to the show. And uh, in this episode, I got someone really, really special. Initially, you know, um, I wanted him to come on the show because I wanted to be part of the fray where ST was involved. Then Mothership wrote an article about him. And then I discovered, as I was doing my research, I discovered that this guy is more than just about that story. We'll come to the story in a bit, but I've discovered that this guy is an award-winning author, a playwright, a filmmaker, and an educator, a performer, and you know, and I realized, my goodness, I've got me, I got myself a gem in the studio. It's not just about what he did, and I'm going to tell you now, what he did was, this guy collects artifacts. And then he found some from, you know, that came from the era of the World War II era in Europe. And then he found some artifacts and he returned it 6,000, what was it, 6,000 kilometers away. And he actually found the, the people, the families of these artifacts, the person that, that owned it, these artifacts. He found the families and he returned it to them. And I wanted him in the studio for that purpose. And I really discovered, my goodness, this guy's a raw talent. He's absolutely talented. And he's here with me. And uh, welcome to the studio, Wesley Leon Arzu.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, thank you so much for your kind words. No worries. <laughs> my
1: ma- ma- did I get it all right? You returned the artifacts mm-hmm. to, uh, to the families upon which uh, these artifacts belong to someone, a family member and an ancestor?
0: Um, yes, the, the person's son.
1: Yeah. Oh, the person's son. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that son is no longer around.
0: The, the son is around Oh so the son The, the, the person, father The, father's, the, father's, father's oh, the, around, the yeah. father
1: owned it Okay okay I was wondering <laughs> isn't Sorry about that Brain's not working um, Okay so But you know Honestly I, I remember what I said I wanted you in the studio For that story Then I discovered More things about you I mean Dude You write You teach Media mm-hmm. Right um, Script writing um, you, you, you've, you've You've done a film That has uh, Had so much accolades Isn't it? Uh, Don't don't be modest, man. Don't be (laughs) modest. Come on, Um, and you know, and oh my goodness, there's more to this guy than Misty Eye. More than just that story. Um, So let's start from the top. Mm -hmm. Author, playwright, filmmaker, educator, performer. So which one of these came first for you?
0: Um, It was filmmaking, actually. So it actually started when I was uh, just in like primary
1: four or five. So no way, dude. You know, that's, nine, that's 10, 11 years old. Uh, yeah,
0: a really long time. And it came by chance because um, it's actually quite interesting story. So uh-huh. me and my sister, um, we were eating Kinder Bueno chocolates. And then the competition, <laughs> there was a competition. And the first prize was to go to Disneyland in uh, America, I think. Okay. So we're like, oh my gosh, we got to win first prize. So we ate the chocolates, entered the competition. We drew the uh, little letters and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And then we didn't win first prize. But we won second prize, which uh-huh. was a Sony Hi8 Handycam. Okay. Yeah, and then since then, I mean, when I had a camera, my sister had a camera there, we were playing at home, making films with each other, uh-huh. some funny stories, coming up with funny characters. Uh-huh. And then uh, I think it was from there that I realized, hey, actually, I kind of like doing this. And right. when it came when it came after O levels, when I had to choose uh, which polytechnic to go to, uh, I then chose, okay, maybe I can try filmmaking in poly. And that's how my journey kind of started. Wait a
1: second. Filmmaking in poly. Which poly was this? This was Temasek Poly. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Filmmaking in poly because back in my day mm-hmm. there was no there was no such thing, so you got to be really kind of young, huh?
0: Mm, yeah, I think back then even there were only like maybe two or three courses in Singapore that did filmmaking. There's one in Nian, right? Um, Tomasic, Poly at the right. time, but nowadays there's like so many more.
1: Yeah, nowadays, huh? So okay, how young are you, man? Sorry, when? how young are you now? Now, <laughs> now I'm I'm thirty eight. Thirty Okay, don't be shy. huh? <laughs> <laughs> nothing to be shy about. I'm fifty three. Nothing to hide. Okay, so yeah, okay, so you went into Tamasik Poly, and you went into filmmaking. Mm-hmm. What happened next?
0: Um, then I was doing films, having mm-hmm. a lot of fun, and then of course went to national service. Mm-hmm. And after that was done, then I decided to continue filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, not a very exciting journey, but basically I went back to film school uh, to do my degree, and I just for me, um, while doing films in school, mm-hmm. I think it was during the holidays, like school holidays. That's mm-hmm. the period where I would um um do film projects with my friends and then mm-hmm. with the films we would submit to festivals or, com- or screenings in singapore etc um, and that's what i did for like many many years really
1: did you find that when you got a handicap and uh mm-hmm. when you were what um 10 11 years old yeah did you find that you had an innate talent for it or um, did you have to work hard at it eventually as the years went by and you went to the polytechnic and then you know did you find that you were natural these sort of things
0: I think I generally like to tell stories. So when <laughs> we were playing with a handicap, it wasn't just, oh, filming the hamster run in the cage. But it was filming a story, a story that me and my sister would, would make up. Mm-hmm. So I think from young, I love telling stories. Um, I think uh, I was, I wouldn't say I, I was like perfectly good at it, but I was very interested in it. Mm-hmm. And I think since young, when I would play with my toys, um it's actually the same thing When you're moving your toys around And they're all acting It's so yeah. a bigger thing Yeah um, It's actually Yeah So I think it all came from from that really um, mm-hmm. And my dad's a big mo- movie buff He watches like TV all the day All day long So mm-hmm. I think that had an influence as well
1: So do you owe any of these to anyone?
0: Um, I wouldn't say the skill sets But I think when you go into filmmaking Or you go into anything that's arts related Right um, having the support of your parents does play a huge role. Okay. So, because if the parents are not supportive, then you might detour and go to science, right? And you might might forget about your arts thing. But my parents were very supportive. So, I think that helped a great deal for me to like, okay, continue this this journey and see where it goes. Right. I think for many people, they never had the opportunity to even see like, oh, where would this go? It just mm-hmm. kind of stopped there as a hobby.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for you, you were well supported by your folks. Mm, right? Um, yeah how about you how about you you, te- you teach mm-hmm. where do you teach now
0: i teach at La LaSalle, LaSalle. Yeah. ah
1: and you're teaching you're teaching
0: i teach in the film program. So i teach okay. screenwriting and documentary mm-hmm.
1: do you find it today mm-hmm. the kids that you're teaching or the kids you have been teaching as well yeah. do they have that kind of support from home because this is nothing like you know being a doctor or going to be a lawyer or going to be an engineer mm-hmm. it's film right So uh, do you hear any feedback coming back from these kids about how much support they get from home? Um,
0: I think between me and and my students, we have like a 20-year age gap. So I studied 20 years ago. They are studying now. So the biggest difference is that um, nowadays It's a lot easier To study arts Where it's mm-hmm. a lot more accepted a lot more courses Parents can see like Okay my kid's going to be fine right. They can get a job And they'll be fine right. um, So for them I noticed that um, They don't have As much of that stress mm-hmm. um, Or lack of support From their parents mm-hmm. But um, As compared to other fields We are still Way, way Miles off So some students Still feel the pressure Because it may not Come for the parents But you know like If you go CNY visiting And then your relatives ask, what do you study Film What, what's that yes, You know So that pressure Can come from there
1: as well I think people who do that kind of shit You know I mean it's, I mean, it's Real fucking sad Why <laughs> Because I mean, look. If if I were a kid today, and I and and you know, like one of these students that you just mentioned, and someone you know, someone a relation or relations would make mention, like, why are you doing this kind of things? And it's just so discouraging, isn't it? But then again, then again, that being said, your guide has been doing this for how long? Sorry? Someone being a filmmaker, for how long already have you been doing this? Um, Besides three, teaching, you're in the field, you're in the industry. 20 years. 20 years, okay. For a guy who's been in there for 20 years, I'm gonna throw this at you then. Mm. You know, when people ask kids these sort of questions, like why are you in media? Why are you in filmmaking? Why are you in film, per se? Yeah. yeah? Um, could, is there a future or not? Because Singapore is so small. Look, we've only got, how many big players do we have here, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One, <laughs> and if you are if you are a uh, picture company, mm-hmm. yeah, you also look towards this one mm-hmm. to you know to commission you to do stuff for them documentaries yada 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 right yeah. which I'm sure you've had experiences with, um, and is there any truth? that uh you know the young people today should they go into filmmaking or not i asked this question practically on with, peop- with, with a lot of my guests like um you know is there you know, people who do interesting things you know even if they're hobbies but hobbies that earn that earn money okay would it be okay for a young person to go into this field like you've got students already in this in in in, in on this course right what would, what, if, I would, if, you were, if I were one of your students and you have this question coming from me, what would your answer be to them?
0: Um, so I think it depends. My, my answer to them would be um, what do you um, rank higher in your life? So if fin- something that's in the financial side of things, you want to earn a lot of money, mm-hmm. then probably not to go into the arts because um, unless you open your own your own production house or maybe you get a really high position then you're right. sure but um, generally I think when they did a survey of graduates from NTU from all the different courses um, the arts related course was the last one in mm-hmm. terms of when graduates come out how much pay do they get mm-hmm. so it was last by a big gap from the mm-hmm. first one mm-hmm. um, so if money is an issue then probably not the best thing to take up um, the other thing is that if you're also someone who is needs that kind of encouragement for people to go hey no you can do it you can do it you'll be fine um, and you're still unsure mm-hmm. then maybe this may not be for you right. because if you're going in for the long run mm-hmm. you can't always depend on this kind of like encouragement and support this is something you need to have in you because yeah. oh, I want to do it self-motivated yeah. yeah so it really requires a, a lot of that sometimes it may not become just then and that say you're 17 years old you may not have it yet but it mm-hmm. may grow over time but usually there's something there that's kind of
1: <laughs> what, what do you mean something that you mean a seed yeah correct alright but Wesley what you just said thank you so much for your candor Ah, let me just put let me just uh, angle it this way <laughs> what would you think in your opinion opinion and by your experience, can be, should be perhaps done in the arts, for the arts perhaps even, Mm -hmm. to make sure the vibrancy is just going to grow and get bigger and better for young Singaporeans who really have a drive and a passion to get into this field of work. When in your opinion you think ought to be done, should be done, could be done, must be done, maybe. What do you think?
0: Um, we're definitely growing a lot, so we have we lots are? Of culp- a lot of like. Post- Fuck
1: me! I never <laughs> realized that, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean in comparison <laughs> to like twenty
0: years ago, yeah, it's,
1: it's <laughs> really. I just thought we were doing more stuff back in the twenty years. I mean, I mean, okay, pardon my puny brain, <clears throat> man, but we talked about twenty years ago, right? <clears throat> uh, we've had. In the 70s dude come on we had the shaw brothers here man we had in Siglap, mm-hmm. next to uh uh well i think where ocean park got a is now where jackie's bowl used to be mm. i think there was a movie studio there mm-hmm. right we had the silver screen people uh saloma you know p Ramley, yeah. the malays the malay the malay uh uh, uh dramas isn't it even though sandy war is quite something mm. yeah um yeah i mean i mean okay. I've mean, known that word a long time. Fuck you know, okay. I you know. Demora. I'm old. I'm old, dude. I'm old, okay. Um, oh, okay, older. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we've had so much happening. Then we even had our own. Uh, this is action star. This a I can't remember her name. Oh gosh. Um, in the '70s, and it's it's a female action star. Cleopatra Wong. Cleopatra Wong. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, talk to a film guy. He knows all this. Uh, <laughs> we even had the Bionic Boy, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we had, we okay. had. He was a St. Stephen schoolboy, uh, <laughs> Johnson Yap, that oh, was his name. He was older than me, I think, by two or three years. Uh, when I got into school, I was from St. Stephen's and St. Pat's, mm-hmm. right? So, so this guy was from the school. Uh, Johnson Yap was his name right and his younger brother was in, was my batch he was <laughs> and he's a old taekwondo exponent and he became he became he had that one film you know so i don't know man i mean if you ask me i think things were a lot more hey happening huh? way back when mm-hmm. but compared to today today if we're talking about when you say the arts and now this is where i'm at odds with things about things here i've always felt that there is seem to be a separation between, let's have a debate about this, mm-hmm. between the arts and entertainment. Agree or disagree?
0: Um, yes, yeah, so entertainment could be more leaning more towards something a little bit more commercial perhaps, yep, yep. Um, but arts could be something a bit more independent. So if it's more independent or a little bit more indie. Um, so indie money, don't make money? Uh, it may not make <laughs> as much money. Yeah, the venues they may, may be playing in may be so small. Yeah, so... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, those kind of things. So that's
1: a problem, isn't it?
0: Um, it is. Um, But in terms of, like, the arts, I think we are growing in other areas, for example, animation. So we have a lot of big companies coming to Singapore, like Ubisoft and stuff like that. <sighs> but in terms of cinema, um, yeah, definitely we had a big... A big, a kind of, like, a setback for quite a while. And I think because, I don't know, cinema costs so much money to make something where... um. I don't know. It's just a, it's a, it's a whole different thing. I think even if we have a, a Singaporean film in the, in mm-hmm. the cinemas here mm-hmm. in Singapore, mm-hmm. um, Golden Village or Kete or whichever, mm-hmm. um, it's very different from, let's say, uh, the cinemas in Japan. Right. So cinemas in Japan, they have a quota of like, oh, how many local films can we show and how many international? Right. And with that, we are, they are able to have more Japanese films. But in Singapore, there isn't that because Golden Village Cate is a business. They're not arts organisation. Yep, yep. So if you have a Singapore film for a week and no one's watching it, they'll just cut it.
1: You know, you know, you know how, you, how it sounds, what you just told me? i tell you how it sounds like, okay? It sounds like, uh, and we can both relate because <laughs> I know we're fans of the same football club. We've only just met. <laughs> yeah. yeah, We've only just met and I found mm-hmm. that out. And the problems that football club has is because mm-hmm. it's got owners who's more interested in the commercial aspect of the club rather than the spirit and culture mm. and pride mm-hmm. and the history that came along with mm-hmm. that club, right? Yeah, yeah it's about the freaking money, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, it sounds like that. So yeah. if that's the case, if the arts is all, okay, indie stuff, and uh, it's not about making money, mm-hmm. then I tell you, there will not hardly be a future, wouldn't there? Uh, you know, uh, for, for, for the kids today that's on courses like yours. There will be They, but, they have um, to spread the wings They've got to get out of Singapore And Singapore will never grow So what's, what the fuck's happening with the arts in Singapore then?
0: There will be But it just may not be a, a route that has so much money in, involved
1: That's what I'm saying man But in Singapore Living, working mm. Having children here Owning a piece of property Sometimes I don't think we're given a choice isn't it? De- depends
0: on how, what kind of lifestyle we want, I guess. Because I have a lot of um, friends who are musicians or artists. Right. Yeah, so do I. And the lifestyle yeah. they have might be a very different from a typical Singapore lifestyle, which means equals to like, oh, that person has made it in life. Yeah. You know, nice house, nice car, that kind of thing. Right. But they might not even be interested in that. They're all fine living in a different lifestyle, spending a bit yeah. less
1: time. Uh, don't get me the wrong way, man. You know, <laughs> I am always a guy that loves musos. Mm. love people who are in the arts yeah i'm a staunch supporter for, for all my friends i'm an entertainer as well. I sing, I act, I do all kinds of Look, fuck you, wait, you're in my studio, yeah? So I'm asking these questions mm-hmm. because these are the thoughts in my mind, in my opinion, that run through the heads of many Singaporean families. Yeah. And they're kids who have passion for other things. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I dread to think when a kid comes, I hope, you know, like my kid, I have a hidden fear inside of me that one day, but well, I know it's mm-hmm. not going to happen, thank God for that, if he were to come to me and say, Daddy, I want to be a painter Mm -hmm. and I go oh fuck (laughs) Mm -hmm. because who the hell in Singapore is going to support that I've got another friend Mm -hmm. great artist great great really with his uh, uh, with his pencil uh, also with spray you know Um, Mm -hmm. and he's great yeah great but he can't do that for a living Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's sad, Mm -hmm. right? And guys like you, guys like me, we understand the joy of these things, of the arts. And it irks me too when I hear a lot of young people today, now most of them are not that young, um, and they go, what's the point of learning history? It's pointless. Mm -hmm. And I think (laughs) it's so freaking sad. Because why? Because nothing to do with me. It's not going to teach me how to live my life moving forward. I say, you're fucking kidding me. Yeah. You live your life, well actually the world doesn't learn as well either. You know? I mean, wars are happening, you know, all the strife and conflict and and all the political discourse and that's going on globally. Even world leaders all brimming with freaking degrees don't learn from history. You know, and the things that that's occurred in the past that you can look at, examine it, and make sure it doesn't happen again. We don't learn, yeah. right? So it's really, really sad that it's more prevalent today that I don't need to learn literature, I don't need to learn history. It's pointless. It doesn't get me anywhere. You know, and and I feel that it's really, really sad because culturally, if we continue on this route, culturally we've lost it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Especially in Singapore where things move so fast, right? So it's even more...
1: Yeah, you know, like like I said to some of my musical friends who came in, you know, my previous talk shows, Mm -hmm. and I've I've said this before and I'll say it again and I'll continue saying it. The moment a nation loses its music, it's lost its soul. Mm -hmm. So the concern I have is we have... If we have all the talent, Mm -hmm. guys you are teaching, guys and girls you're teaching, and then... There's not enough jobs out there. What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. And then and then they go, hypothetically, they go away. They go to Australia, they go to the UK, they go to the US, and they have thousands more of people to compete against. And then we have that one gem, Like Malaysia had a Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Right? Every now and then, as a matter of fact, she's the first. <laughs> it's not even every now and then. Uh, and then Malaysia says, "Yay, yeah, we got, you know, Dato' Michelle Yeoh and she's an Oscar winner. And then we have someone like that in Singapore and then we lost a talent. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, argument could be we didn't lose a talent. That fellow Singaporean can't change the fact. The guy's there and he's doing great, great. Yeah, we applaud him and we should. But we didn't groom him here. You see where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. So I think... Of and the next argument would be, come about Chris, come on. It is we're Singapore, it's just a tiny little place. What do you expect? But can we think out of the box? Why do I do what I do? It's a tiny place. I'm not thinking about just Singapore. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Right? So where you're sitting right now, I'm doing so much talking, you should be the one talking. Uh where you're sitting right now, man, you know, based on the things you've just heard me say, mm-hmm. what do you think what should be done? What could be done? Hmm. Opinion. It's, uh, I threw a spanner, I know.
0: I think it's it's definitely tough. Um, I think because of Singapore being so small, it does affect greatly for certain art forms. Um, for example, cinema, like filmmaking for the big screen. Um, because our nation is not that many people so even if everyone went to watch the film it still may not make back the money to some degree or whatever how big the, the movie is mm-hmm. so which is why a lot of films that are made in Singapore their target is not just Singapore but maybe it's Southeast Asia mm-hmm. Malaysia Indonesia if mm-hmm. you're making like a Malay horror film mm-hmm. um, that's your target because you want that's the only way to recoup back your losses because if if it's a Malay horror film and if every Malay speaking person went to watch in cinema in Singapore Probably still can make a profit, you know. That that's severe, but that's for f- for film for cinema kind of yeah. kind of stuff where yeah. it costs so much money to make. Right. But for other art forms, like I don't know, I, I'm not so sure what's going on. But um, definitely, we could use a lot more um, help in the grant department. Mm. So mm-hmm. I have friends who are musicians where um, when they're applying for a grant, and if they don't get a grant from a certain organization it means that they may not have enough money for the next two years because the grant will last them two years. And mm. it means that, okay, they might stop playing music or just be, just be done. So, which I'm guessing a lot of um, artists may fall in that category of, oh, did they not get the grant, they just can't continue. Because that grant actually helps them to create certain works and also give them some kind of, I don't know, some kind of money to, to sustain a certain period of time.
1: You're talking about MDA, yeah? Huh?
0: Uh No, no. I, I'm the A's <laughs> friend. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, but those kind of stuff, um, that's the But again, again, I mean, we can't, re- I'm not sure what's going on in the organization, but they can't support everyone who applies. So Sure, know.
1: I've heard that before. <clears throat> so, what do you think? Young people today, freaking talented, come together, and they go, let's be Enterprising, let's be entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. And let's start from the ground up You know Sandy Tan? Yeah Hey Sandy, shout out to you Sandy Hope you're doing great in the US She's done great Mm. But she had to get out of here
0: With a book as well
1: Yeah (laughs) I mean very very happy for her really Uh, She's so passionate about this Yeah, And Sandy Tan is now thriving in the US Uh, But like I said if we could do something out of Singapore, planned, produced, out of Singapore, by Singaporeans, and we can film something that takes the world by storm, mm. you know, I think that's going to be great. And I don't see why we should lose sight of that. I feel perhaps maybe people have just given up too easily or can't get the grant, you know, and we're too over-reliant on grants. Mm-hmm. If we can't get a job, then we create it for ourselves. I don't know. I mean, is there something missing today? Uh, maybe in, in 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 courses like yours, perhaps you know, and, t- and telling your students that, guys, tell you what, man, think out of the box and start your own thing. It's digital. You don't need to have reels and reels of film anymore, right? It's digital. It's not that much more expensive. Is digital, and I think it can still be done. My take. Anyway, I wasn't digressing, you know. <laughs> whatever, whatever I've got planned, because really, it's something that's always been heavy on my chest. Yeah. Because when grants are offered to the arts community, the issue I think people, you know, some segments of the people in the community that gets they get, that got impacted are basically the museos. If. Music, and we've got great ones here mm, yeah. can be respected for what they do as professionals and they write their own original stuff and then we get noticed I mean wouldn't that be wouldn't that be the bomb really yeah. you know um, pretty soon the next episode uh, I'll be having the good people from an iconic band in Singapore uh, they'll be here uh, for, for, uh, with me in the studio and I'll be talking to them they wrote a fantastic song And that song took the charts, man. Guess what? One and only. You know, and and I'm, and I'm asking myself, why? Why? Why can't we go on doing stuff like this? Back in the 80s, music was thriving in this country. Who was talking about grants then? No one. We were not was even a word that we don't even think about because yeah. we hardly hear about it, you know? So why, right? But you did something. You you had this wonderful film uh, called I Want to Go Home, mm-hmm. yeah? Um, and that one had its world premiere at the Busan Film Fest uh, and nominated for the, let me, I hope I pronounce this right, the Messinet Award. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kai, you can put that one up now. I want to go home. Yeah, that one. Yeah, here we go. And, uh, and SD uh, said, I want to go home will pull tears from even the most hardened soul. Can you tell us a little bit more about I want to go home?
0: Sure. So, I want to go home. Um, is the story of a man named um, Yasuo Takamatsu. Mm -hmm. Japanese, He's a Japanese man and he lives in um, Onagawa, Japan, which is on the western coast of Japan, Mm -hmm. uh, not far from Fukushima. So in 2011, when the tsunami hit Japan, um, he lost his wife. And at that time, he was already in his 50s. But then he decided to take up scuba diving. Mm -hmm. And he would search for his wife every week. So he'll dive and find for his wife. Um, Ooh, so when shit. I read the story on the Daily Telegraph, I think in 2014, mm-hmm. I was very inspired by him because I found him to be amazing. Um, this was a man who was diving in the sea, took up scuba diving at like 50 plus, and then dives in the sea to search for his wife every day, every week, every week, every week. Yeah. And then um, most people would find, would tell, would say to him like, "Hey, Mister Takamatsu, are you are you out of your mind? You're obviously not going to find your wife." Right. But for me, I found like, "Wow, this guy's amazing. I need to meet him." So in 2015, I met him in Onagawa. I spent a week with him uh-huh. and then realized his story has a lot more than just that article that came and went in 2012 or so. So um, I decided to write a book about him and there right. was also a documentary. Yes. Um, it was actually just supposed to be a book. We were talking about grants just now. So it was actually <laughs> just supposed to be a book and I was applying for grants for a book, but okay. I did not get the grants. Okay. So until I was talking to uh, um, this organization, organization called Tokyo Filmex in Japan where mm-hmm. I, was doing a work, I was part of a workshop like many years ago. And asking, every year they would asking me, Wesley, what are you doing this year? And so that year in 2014, 2015, I told them, oh, I'm going up to Onagawa actually into Japan to write a book about this guy. Mm. And they're like, oh, you know, we actually can fund you if you do a documentary, then we can fund you the thing. So I was like, oh. That's interesting. So in my mind, I'm thinking, if I do the documentary, mm-hmm. I can then also write my book because mm-hmm. the kind of the, the book funding I needed is to go there and, mm-hmm. and meet him for a week. So because of that, I had to do a documentary because it was part of the funding. Of um, course, yes. Of course, yeah, I mean, so, duh. Yeah. yeah. So So I wrote <laughs> the book. That was my priority. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. Right. I also did the documentary. Um, when I did the documentary... Um, I brought my student up with me at uh-huh. the time Because we didn't have enough budget Right. Um, so we went to film uh, And it was time to show the documentary It was like an hour long Because that was the requirement And I felt like, okay Not too sure what to do the documentary I think I'm going to put it on YouTube Or stuff like that That was my intention Okay. I was thinking, oh you know what Maybe I'll just try and submit to some festival See what happens okay. So I submitted to Busan because that was a festival i always wanted to be in as a as a film student when i was a student okay so before doing this film i was doing short films like all the time so there's okay. maybe like 12 or 13 short films so every short film i have I i'll submit to the busan film fest but i'll never get in so this time came i had the film i was like okay i'll just submit
1: maybe because it was longer yeah it was longer. i'm only kidding i'm only kidding <laughs> i'm not saying it's a sweet story i think it's a sweet story
0: yeah and then it was selected and um it's kind of interesting because now with the book and the documentary out um we have two versions of sharing his story. Right. Um it's now the year twenty twenty-three. Uh-huh. Um Mr. Takamatsu still dives in the sea every one to two weeks. Um he's already sixty-five or so. Um I still talk to him from time to time. Um uh-huh. but he's uh he's really happy now because uh-huh. um he is, uh he's now a grandfather. So his his daughter gave birth like two years ago. So right, right. he shares with me pictures of his him and his grandson. So he okay. looks happy. Um I even eventually I think my main thing was to find out why is he still diving. Like, mm-hmm. why, why are you doing this? So, but I can't put it too straightforward. So eventually I asked him and he said, I dive because um, that's the only way I can feel close to my wife. And I kind of understood that. And I kind of, okay, you know, if that brings you some amount of um, clo- closure. closure to some degree, mm-hmm, or you mm-hmm. feel happy when you're underneath the water, mm-hmm. feeling close to her, um, sh- sure.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, poignant story, huh? Mm. So to this day, he still dives hoping to find his wife
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this is going to go down into folklore for the next couple of hundred years man
0: yeah the guy who dives <laughs> yeah the
1: guy who dives is like um, it's like the dog uh, oh gosh How'd you, you go? I d- thank you <laughs> oh boy happens only in Japan uh, people and <laughs> even animals are so loyal to each other mm. it's amazing man yeah. yeah wow so this is an interesting article uh, Kai I don't know whether you put it up yet just now um the LaSalle teacher gets his biggest break at Busan Film Fest 2017. Here we go, yeah. man. There you go. Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think I think it was a great idea. I mean, coming across the story of his and then, uh, you know, filming, filming it and all that. Wow. Wow. So, would you call yourself, man? A Renaissance man? Because that's what I'm naming this episode. <laughs> that one wow. with the Renaissance man.
0: Uh, I'm not, I mean, I like to try different things. So, <laughs> dude, I mean, yeah. come
1: on, man. I mean, you write, you teach, you know, and it's uh, the arts and the literary world that you are involved in. Yeah, you, you do, you, you, you're a filmmaker. I mean, how can you not be a Renaissance man? On top of that, you know, you besides the the film, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that you've done, I want to go home. You also wrote a book that became the Singapore Book Prize winner, and that is this one. I'm showing it because i just been gifted this from Wesley <laughs> to Punkawala and the Prostitute. Can you tell us a little bit more about this one?
0: Sure. So, Singapore
1: literature, I love the artwork, man. I feel yeah. like getting ink through this.
0: So this one came about um, after I want to go home So when I finished it, um, I spent like two weeks in the library Just Mm -hmm. reading poems by Cyril Wong And Mm -hmm. just reading Singapore poetry Yeah, So I was just doing that in the school library And then next to the school library is uh, Next to the section of Singapore books on literature Mm -hmm. There was a Singapore books on history Right. So as someone who is interested in history I went over there and just flipped around And then I came across something that talked about the Karayuki-sans in Singapore. So I was like, what's that? And the then what? Sorry? The Ka- Karayuki-san. <laughs> so it's a Japanese prostitute. Oh. Yeah, so as I researched more about it, I realized, hey, how can I not have known, I'm like at that time 35 or something, how can I have not known that we had Japanese prostitutes in Singapore for a very big period of time?
1: Well, hey. From when to when?
0: Um, At least from the 1850s to the 1910s. Really? Yeah, that's like...
1: You mean this is pre-war?
0: Yeah. Correct.
1: Wow, okay. So, and
0: that's a huge amount of like 60, 70 years considering Singapore is like 200 years or so, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, and how come in school, in our history textbooks, we never really
1: mentioned, right? Come on, man. I mean, it's, it's like <laughs> we don't talk about prostitutes in our school history textbooks. No damn way will be allowed. Yeah, but,
0: right? but I felt it was so, imp- it was important. Um, so why, I
1: mean, why, why was it important?
0: Because I think Singapore history is not just about, oh, British masters, successful immigrants who did this, did that, formed a big building. But also <laughs> anyway, everyone else who played a okay. big part. So like our convict laborers who were here. Yeah, the yeah. That, one, that
1: one's in our history books. Yeah. yeah, Right, that one, the, the convict laborers, like um, Cathedral of the Good Shepherd was built by them too. Should be, yeah. The, yeah.
0: Their, their jail was just next to it. Was it? Yeah, at over SMU is where the jail is where Holy they live every day. Holy
1: crap, really?
0: Yeah. Shit. In fact, there's still a tree there <laughs> that um, one of the supposedly one of the convict laborers planted as when he was a prisoner and the tree still resides in SMU.
1: Hey, SMU students, your school is a prison. Yeah. <laughs> and Let me guess, you think it's a prison <laughs> still, right? Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the whole area is interesting so i decided oh i would like to explore this story a little more
1: yeah um, but again mm. why was it important i mean <laughs> don't skip the subject <laughs> <laughs> you talked then it's you talked about indian yeah. the indian convicts right but why would it be? Why would something like this be important? I'm really seriously asking. Yeah. I'm not trying to trap you. Yeah? <laughs> uh, some, sometimes people think I'm trying. I'm trying to trap. No, I'm not. I really want to understand. <laughs> you know, I want people who watch the yeah. show to understand why would that be important to me? As I said earlier, right? Oh, well, history is not important. I don't learn anything about me. I mean, bollocks. You know, I I want to hear it from you.
0: It's important because so. Um, along Middle Road was actually known as Little Japan so this wasn't just it was a, it, it was called Little Japan <laughs> okay. like a Little India Chinatown we actually had a Little Japan huh. which would still be around if wow. things went differently but um, so <laughs> over there it's not just um, Kaririki-sans we had a big Japanese community in Singapore actually so there were tailor shops ca- carpentry shops hmm. dentists they were all there like huh. you can't imagine like a mini Little India uh-huh. Um,
1: Middle Road yeah, okay. the,
0: the whole the whole stretch. Wow, yeah. wow. So the Kariki sons were there. Um, the, in fact, the brothel is right at where Bugis Junction is today. Uh-huh. The facade of Bugis Junction, they kept all the shop house. Mm-hmm. Um That is the brothel, which we don't know. So people are shopping in Under Armour, buying their clothes. Wow, nice, buddy. This but you was you talking, about, you're talking about
1: you talking about Bugis Street? That, that 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 the whole stretch where the
0: yeah, Boogie's Junction, no, um, Bugis Junction itself.
1: Boogie's Junction the itself? Oh, you mall. mean the shopping mall where they had the air conditioning yeah. uh, walkway? Yes. That was?
0: That is the brothel. Oh. Yeah, which nobody knows because there's never going to be a signage that says, Karyu Kisan, used to stay there and be like, what? Hey,
1: <laughs> Boogie's Junction, you all were brothel before, no? Okay.
0: Yeah. But the, the good <laughs> thing about that is that they managed to keep the architecture there still. So that's Great I applaud them For keeping it It could have been Easily gone
1: Yeah okay but, Yeah but still there Minus so the red lanterns Yeah. Minus the red lanterns, red lanterns <laughs> Yeah It's, so it's cool so, okay, so maybe, maybe that's the reason why uh, that was a Japanese red-light district that um, then you had Boogie Street across, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it became our infamous Boogie Street back in the 60s, 70s. Yeah. Uh, uh, and wow, and if, no, I'm not talking about the time when Kuma was there for boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I'm t- talking about way before that. Um, maybe that's why, maybe because the influencers all seemed to be congregating around there.
0: Maybe, maybe. I mean, huh? there's a big, yeah, the there's a big gap in between, but I'm not sure, yeah, definitely.
1: Big gap. Going. I don't know, man. Maybe that place is meant to be. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> vibe, vibe. But today, no, there's no vibe there for this. I know that. So what's the story about for this one?
0: Um, it's about two characters. Uh-huh. One is a girl called Oseki, who is okay. sent from Japan, um, who is tricked to, from, to be sent from Japan to Singapore, thinking she's going to get married, but then she gets tricked to be a karaoke. So she's trapped here, and she wants to return back home to Japan.
1: Sorry, curious. How do you spell K karaoke?
0: Um, K-A-R-A-Y-U-K-I.
1: <laughs> it sounds K-A-R-A-Y-U-K-I. so strangely similar to karaoke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it does. Uh.
1: Yeah. Okay. I was just I was trying to say I need to mm-hmm. clear the air about that one. <laughs> uh, so it's nothing to do with karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so it's about this girl. Now, it doesn't sound very far-fetched because that's what's happening today too. We're, yeah. we're talking about sex yeah. sex, sex trafficking, yeah. right? Yeah, so lots of that's happening in, in the world today. and That's a massive problem.
0: Yeah, and I think that was one of the intentions of the book um, to also show that, hey, we have progressed so much, but mm-hmm. some things have not really progressed that much Damn straight,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: And you also talk, there's two characters. So the other one is an Indian um, convict laborer who's mm-hmm. brought to Singapore to work on the streets and stuff like that. Right. And not really given like a very good life. Yeah. And how much have we progressed from there as well mm-hmm. you know, in Singapore? So I wanted to kind of compare that.
1: Right. <clears throat> okay. Um, I, I I was just, you know, breezing through <coughs> and looking at the stuff, the how you write. And uh, your quotes and stuff. Wow. I mean this is like a lot of work, right? I I mean, call me a dunce. The only thing I've ever done when it comes to writing mm. is uh, I wrote I con-, con I contributed a story or not story, a letter uh, to for, to Felix Cheong's um mm. letter to my son. Oh, lovely. So yeah. I wrote one then one of the pieces in there belonged to me. Right. So okay, maybe you can say I'm kinda kinda published author. Yeah, you are <laughs> Okay. Oh, it was man. published, yeah. Goodness, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, um, but it was just a contribution as far as I'm concerned, yeah. It was, it was uh, I enjoyed doing that. But something like this, you know, and my sister writes as well, and something like this, and I look at this and I go, oh my goodness, the amount of work you've got to put in. And the style, Well, how would you describe your style? Hmm,
0: I think a lot of people who read the book said that it's very cin- cinematic. Hmm. So, I think that's because of my scriptwriting background. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and I think um, as someone who writes, I actually don't read that many books, like fiction novels. Really? Yeah. So, maybe growing up, I read a lot more. But nowadays, maybe like two books a year, perhaps. I read a lot of books, but they're more non-fiction, actually.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. So there's something about people in uh, film. Um I realize they like to read non-fiction stuff. Mm. Yeah, I, I like to read non-fiction stuff. I hardly read fiction, frankly. Go ahead, please. And can you can whack the vade too if, when you know when you if, when whenever you want. Um, okay. How? What do you think? Okay, how does one actually write an award-winning novel?
0: Hmm. So for me, um. I never really had. Sure, I'm a. I did script writing, but I never really had. I never went for any class to th- that taught me how to write a novel. Mm-hmm. So taking on this book, I had no idea how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I actually approached it the same way I would write a script or like any of my projects, really, okay. um, which is to plan, plan it out. But that's you, lah. That's me, yeah. If
1: you were to give advice to a first-time guy, a first-time writer yeah. who's yet to publish his first piece of work, mm-hmm. what would you say to that guy?
0: Um, I think. For most people, they work a lot with um, rhythm mm-hmm. in terms of habit. So for me, I, I do that a lot. So I need to write on a almost daily basis. Mm-hmm. Once I'm in the midst of like writing the writing part of the project, so and then you may you may be a write, you may be someone who has a day job, and that might disrupt your writing kind of uh, habit per day. You might be don't have time that kind of stuff. So for me, what I did was in order to have this rhythm, um, I would if my work starts at nine and then I'm waking up at. 7.30, um, and I know when I come back, I'm going to be tired. So I would wake up at like 5 and write from 5 to 7 or so wow. daily. And wow, then I'll two just write. hours, Uh Yeah, usually more, la. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> that's the minimum. <laughs> yeah, so and that would go on for, so the book took three years. Um, three years? Three this years. took three years? Yeah, um, one, year, one, year to, one year to research, uh-huh. one year to plan the story, and one year to write.
1: Oh, crap, man. Three years, huh?
0: Uh, it would be shorter if you are like, full-time Okay,
1: writer. I'm not going to write my book. <laughs> Three years is too long, man. Yeah,
0: it is too long. I think it's, it, it should have been shorter.
1: <laughs> Three <laughs> years is too long. Oh, wow. How about a film? What mm. do you... Th- in your opinion, your advice, first-time filmmaker, yeah. what would your advice be to make a good film?
0: Wow, I think it'd be great if you can tell a story that is unique to Singapore. Because that's, that's why.
1: <laughs> why? I know uh, you know, I tell you honestly, man. <laughs> can I tell you from a consumer point of view, yeah? Uh, sometimes we just like to, to stray away a bit from content that is largely Singapore. Mm-hmm. I think it's getting a little bit ridiculous. I'm sorry to say this, but I'm saying it. <laughs> you know, it seems to mm-hmm. me that I- including our own soul, Lonely Lonely Major broadcaster <laughs> <laughs> Seem to only Want to have Something that is Beneficial to society And is Singapore based um, I mean look I understand I understand the, the virtue And the value Behind something like that But Shouldn't we, like, explore other things? It, it can
0: be explored in a different way. So, if we look at films like Parasite, that is about Korea yeah. and the living conditions. Oh, but God, here we go. The it's, comparison going to be. I know where you're it's, going with this. It's, it's important because I think that is the only thing that we have as an upper hand against anyone else. Because if you're going to look at technical aspects of things, we are behind, if you want to compare certain things. Just compare films, like films. Mm. Um, but when it comes to stories, mm-hmm. um, no one can tell the same story that you have in Singapore. Right, so that is one way to have a bit of upper hand in terms of comparison. Okay,
1: yes. let's talk about, since you brought up parasite, let's talk yep. about crazy rich Asians. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not entirely Singapore, isn't it?
0: But, I mean, that's not, not considered Singapore. Okay, so, so it's,
1: it's a cultural <laughs> phenomenon, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. It's not a Singapore. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Why can't we think outside of that? But oh, that know? one is
0: like it's
1: unique to America. It's about American-born Chinese. Yeah, we are. Well, yeah, unique to America. But Singapore was also featured inside the movie, isn't it? Right. Um, American-born Chinese feature. Okay, okay. Done by American, but acted by people that are. <laughs> you know, some of them are not American-born Chinese, uh, and that our talent on that side across the causeway is talent from. Oops, sorry. <laughs> oops, talent across from there moved over to yeah. the U.S. This is what I mean. <laughs> When we do something here, must it really be telling a story about Singapore? Why can't we write a story that is a story that doesn't have to stem out of, say, um, our history, for example? You know? Um, Why must it be about that? Why can't it be about a a story that is completely, you know, outside of the boundaries of our culture?
0: I think you can yeah, yeah. yeah. but there's just great. too
1: much of that going on you, mm. you know where
0: I'm coming from yeah, if, in fact a lot of the grants um, usually lean a bit more like yeah, if you yeah. have a Singapore stance yeah, go, oh
1: great yeah. 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 see <laughs> this is what I mean this is what I mean then that way you're we're narrowing down of our, our creativity right that process of thinking of a new idea it narrows it down oh we can't get a grant if we're not going to do it this way you are going to do it this way and then it stymies a lot of your right brain man Investment again, my opinion, and I don't give a shit. I'm saying it, you know. Really, I really think because I'm a consumer, I'm not about to go and make a film tomorrow. No, I'm not, you know. I'm just it's just that this is what I want to enjoy. I want to see that we can think out of the box, We can do something different, you know. What is it? Hell, I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker, mm-hmm. but as a consumer, I'm saying it. I think it's, it's getting a little bit too staid. For years, since as far back as I I can remember, it's always been about, yeah, you know, it's about the history of this and this history of that. Even the documentaries these days are based on these sort of things, right? Nothing wrong with it, man. Nothing wrong with it. But I think we need to really do something fresh, something new. Stop circulating around, you know, based on the same genres, you know? Yeah? Same thing when we have... Artists nowadays mm-hmm. more often than not, and in certain in, for certain things, you're still circulating around the same people. We're not getting a lot of fresh faces, but when when we do, they're not really up to standard. Mm-hmm. Again, this is me. Mm-hmm. This is I think as a consumer, <laughs> and as a consumer, <laughs> I can voice my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so you okay? So you mm. you're saying that that uh, again to make a good film, mm-hmm. do something that's within the scope within their Within their um, What they can relate to Relate with
0: uh, Something that you want to say Is extremely important mm-hmm. um, Not just to Entertain But if you have a message to share That always helps A great deal mm-hmm. At least to me I think that's 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 Important Because mm-hmm. okay. um, you can do both You can entertain And you can have a message ah, Thank share. you yeah. At least that one came out
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah so That'd be nice, but yeah, I think like, filmmaking is, is tough. But um, nowadays, filmmaking is way easier than like 20 years ago because everyone can film stuff now with their phones. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole different thing, yeah.
1: Well, you know, th- this is this is where I will say this also. Uh, film stuff with their phones. You're right. You know, of great creative stuff I see coming out on TikTok and stuff. Right? Mm. I'm not on TikTok because of why? Mine's always a long ass show, and mine is not for those who have some attention issues. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people who can't just you know sit in their backsides and listen to good shit. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. So. Uh, this is where there's a problem as well. I I mean I I I know short films, you know, but this is getting a bit ridiculous because it's too damn short now. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you go to social media and you 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 look at all these things, right? Yeah. And I think it's sad because because people don't really sit down and enjoy things anymore. They just want it quick and fast, and everything's just quick and fast, including your own leisure and entertainment. I mean, yeah. it's 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 really sad. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. I'm getting too old For this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so okay, um, let's let's discuss that, that that elephant in the room, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is <laughs>
1: which is the reason initially why I called you to come here, and that is t- to tell us a story. Uh, please don't tell us in the same fashion that you told the others. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can sense that this is not the same kind of interview because compared to the ones that you've had mm-hmm. before, right, for the same subject. Let's talk about that. You collect artifacts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay? It's a hobby. Right How long ago Have you started this This hobby of yours
0: mm, Maybe like Six years ago Why So for me um, Wow Why do I collect So I, I call, <laughs> started collecting Like old Video game consoles um, Just to get back Like oh I had that When I was 12 Now I want to buy you, it back Oh
1: you mean like The Sega Saturn Yeah and that kind oh, of stuff Oh wow yeah. wow wow Okay okay so I
0: started with that And then yeah. it went on to Oh I want to get back All the toys I used to have Because mm-hmm. I don't have them anymore So I started buying the toys And then it came to like Oh I I like collecting like I needed all furniture to put. So it's old basically items.
1: memorabilia.
0: Yeah, like all stuff. Yeah. So you
1: started with memorabilia, started not with artifacts. artifacts.
0: Yeah, not not artifacts. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And then um, as I went along, I you know after you collect your toys, then you complete mm. the the whole collection. Like okay, I'm done. Move on to the next thing, and so eventually I came up chance upon many different things. Like I have um, this collection of all vintage uh, medical equipment. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. Is pretty cool uh-huh. from the 1960s <laughs> in Singapore. <laughs>
1: Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> what we're talking about? All oh, bandages and stuff. <laughs> uh old, like
0: uh, the medical <laughs> instruments. So like uh Like what? So like,
1: like what you mean? You mean you mean syringes and yeah, scalpel scalpels? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that kind of stuff, yeah.
1: What? So, so yeah, But why dude? It's weird, man. <laughs> it's Jeez, cool. you're like Mike Myers or no, what? It's
0: cool because I, I, I like um I'm interested in the history behind the items. Uh huh. So these items came from uh Clinic that used to be in Singapore in Havelock Road in the 60s, 70s. Okay. Um. They also treated a lot of the victims during the Bokeh Hosei fire. Okay. Around there. And then, um. so these instruments belonged to a doctor. He then retired when he's really old. The shop house looks really cool. And so when I got the instruments, I was like re- looking more into it and found they were actually really interesting.
1: So... <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting because... Because why? Because it was used to treat... People like from the the victims and yep. casualties from the Bukit Ho fire.
0: Yes, and in general, this doctor was well, really cool because he practiced <laughs> till really, till really old, and then he he passed away. Right. Um, and his grandson took over the place. He's um, old school. Uh, yeah, he's old school. Yeah, and I think what's cool is that a lot of instruments were used for. Um, the delivery of babies. So, back then, I, I'm guessing you could go to your clinics to do that. Okay. And so Yeah, so the treatments, most of them were dead, actually. So
1: oh, dude, are you cold. sure you're okay, man?
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I like collecting
1: like, old postcards, anything old from... No, stuff no, stuff. That I can understand yeah. that. But, man, come on, syringes mm-hmm. and scalpels and stuff. Yeah. I mean, used on other people already? Yeah, like, yeah. you know? wow, look at that face. <laughs> he just sure. went, yo, yo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's part of our... History, I like the thing. I think
1: it's. Interesting. I mean, okay, I, I can I can understand that it's kind of interesting because it's part of hi- our history, yeah. but but these are medical instruments, man. Mm-hmm. Used on other people already. It's uh-huh. <laughs> fine. Despite the, okay, you have no taboo over that. Yeah. Okay, okay, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. So yeah. from memorabilia to stuff like medical instruments, and then what else? Um, I don't know, old postcards, old food
0: signages, those kind of uh, more oh, food, signages. Food, food signages.
1: You must live in a freaking mansion to put all uh, these so things up. So yeah,
0: so they're all around the house. Little oh, all around boy. The house. Okay. And eventually I found these um, items from Carousel. Mm-hmm. They were pre-World War II items. So they, right. were, they looked kind of like this kind of stuff.
1: Okay, so what, what is this?
0: This is... Uh,
1: it's got it, a name in the corner here. Yeah,
0: it says Vico Gustaf. So this is... Uh, a work booklet Kiko that Gustav. someone mm-hmm. that someone would have um, in the 1930s in Germany. Oh,
1: wait, 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 wait. check this out. This, 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 it's got swastika. a swastika there. It's a Nazi Nazi yeah. swastika. And, so uh-huh.
0: pre-World War II when Hitler was um, slowly getting into power, um, he came up with certain rules where everyone had to go to work and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So this is a work booklet that someone would have. And inside there, they would stamp and say like, okay, I went to work this week, I went to work this week. So it's a way of checking. Um, so it's so it's like a, it's like
1: a punch card. Yeah, it's like a punch card in a way. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, I don't yeah. have my glasses on. Do you yeah. can, can you see this? What what year is this?
0: Uh, 1896.
1: Oh, yeah. He 18, was born, the guy was born. Oh, in his this is this his birthday? Yeah.
0: 1896.
1: Yeah. My so. goodness me. Yeah. Looks ominous, man. Mm. Looks so ominous, and he didn't really work very hard. <laughs> 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 so he wants <once> stamp. <laughs> so oh, he wants stamp here, man. He's gonna work one day, and then what happened next? Fired. Mm, I hope he was fired. Nothing worse than that. I mean, you know. Well, hang on a second. There are stamps here, man. No, no, he worked really All hard. Cool. He worked really hard. Okay, okay, okay. Now hang on. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The entries here. Mm. Yeah.
0: So what's cool about this is oh, that um, look at this.
1: Can you can can these guys see this? Okay, here we go. Can we see this? Yeah. Okay. Check this out. These are stamps. These are work stamps. Right in this workbook. Okay.
0: So what's cool about these booklets is uh-huh. that um, it came with a lot of other stuff. Um, in particular, they belong. It belonged okay. to two brothers. Oh, thanks. It belongs to two brothers, uh-huh. and it wasn't just like work booklets. It included um, immigration documents, right. family documents. Right. So the two brothers. One name was one brother was named Wolfgang, and his younger brother Waldemar.
1: Okay, so Mm. Wolfgang and Waldemar They are German Correct, yes Okay Okay Okay, go on please
0: So I thought this booklets were really cool to look at so I was like wow I was looking through and kind of saying like oh I could actually trace what the brothers were doing from 1930s, 40s, 50s to the 80s because the booklets really took them throughout the last 50, 60 years during that period Mm -hmm. so I was like wow it'd be great for them to have this back because it was a lot of documents that I think the family would love to see because especially the immigration documents had photographs of the family the kids Mm -hmm. So, I was like, "Okay, that'd be nice to return it back to the family, but it was always like a idea in my head. Like, that's nice to do, but I might not do it so eventually, I did do it um like like a month later, so I started to search like the name's Waldemar Shaq, which is the surname yeah Wolfgang Shack, but it's impossible to find Google unless they did something pretty significant in yeah well, life Like yeah, they were, no, in Google they yeah. were a musician or a dancer or something like, okay, <laughs> but it will pop up, so it didn't pop up uh-huh. um so i I searched around for many months. So I think it took me like uh, eight months or so. How do you
1: eventually find them if Google um, didn't really work, man?
0: So I had to hunt down the, not hunt down, track down the... <laughs> That's fine, man. Say <laughs> hunt
1: down if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> track
0: down the, the <laughs> children of um, right. Waldemar. So Waldemar has uh, four, four or five children right. um, with different names. And then, um, so I would search their names and then um, I wouldn't find anything. I would search on, on Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, I was desperate. I was searching on Instagram, everything I can hold on. So this, if their kids are still around, they would be in their 60s. And because of that, they may not be on social media. So yeah. I knew, like, okay, I yeah. may not get them there. Um, so I was searching around until one day, um, I managed to find an Excel sheet document right. where I was searching names because I, I felt they might be in Australia because one of the immigration documents said they migrated to Perth oh. in the 60s. So I thought, okay, they might be there. So I was search things like Michael Sheck, Perth, and then nothing pops up. So I think, oh, maybe they moved around in Australia. So I searched, like, Michael Sheck, Brisbane, Michael Sheck. Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah, and all these things. And not just for Michael, but for all the different siblings. Right. And anything I can get my hands on. Right. And eventually, I got this Excel document that <laughs> I could not read, but I managed to, like, open it in some software, and a lot of words came up. And in these words were Michael Sheck um, and the words um, Queensland Rail. So, I knew, okay, Queensland Rail is in Brisbane. Right. So, there's a chance he might be there. Um, and so, I reached out to Queensland Rail. They didn't reply me, thinking I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I, a few weeks later, I reached out to... See, so
1: you're talking about the sirens going by. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think hmm. they're on to
0: me. <laughs> 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 so, I reached out to their Instagram and strangely, the Instagram person replied me saying, Oh, hi, Wesley. Um, yeah, let's, let us look into it. We'll get back to you. Ah. I'm like, what? You're going to help me? Instagram person for <laughs> Queensland Rail which is probably like an intern or something yeah, so it's like yeah. wow so the person reached out and found Michael Shack. so Michael used to work I mean he works he still works for the Queensland Rail wow yeah and then uh, that's how I kind of linked with him and even talking to Michael it took a while because um, Michael was a bit um uh more apprehensive Or like a bit worried Like you know I was some kind of scammer Saying hi hi I have all this stuff for you Yeah I'm sure you know, yeah. And then I'm just going to Scam you over money yeah, This as dude as from
1: it. Singapore man <laughs> Who's this crazy yeah, guy exactly. Yeah, equipment yeah. And all that so, <laughs>
0: yeah, so it took a while To convince him Like, like hi. he knew that
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I took a while To convince him And then when um, he said Okay yeah You can meet me So me and my wife We flew to Brisbane And I uh-huh. uh, went to meet him And shot a small video, and then give him back all the items.
1: And how, 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 how did he receive them? I mean, was mm. he elated? He was was
0: um, So he'd never seen any of the material before. Right. Um, in one of the booklets was a picture of his uncle, which would be Waldemar's brother, Wolfgang. Wolfgang, yeah. Um, and that was the first time he saw how Wolfgang looked like from the photo wow. for some reason. Wow. And the reason why he hasn't seen Wolfgang is because um, in the 60s, Waldemar migrated to Australia. Yeah. He had a family, had five kids. Right. Wolfgang, the stayed other back. brother, stayed back until he passed away in the late 80s. Right. So while he was working there he was um during the separation of Germany with east and west. He was there um he couldn't really fly out or something um, right, and also his right. brother couldn't visit him. So he
1: was he was do you know whether or not Wolfgang was in the east part of Germany or was he from west Germany? He back was then?
0: in the east, I believe. Oh dear. Yeah, he was in the east. Oh in Tristan, my
1: goodness, yeah. part of the eastern Bloc. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So he was
0: really couldn't do much and oh yeah hell he yeah it he wasn't <laughs> until the berlin wall fell and then um the brother in australia mm-hmm. who was pretty old went to find him for one t- for his last time and that's the last time they ever met
1: oh wow yeah. so wow. It was
0: kind of cool and things in terms of the material Um, He found it cool He shared it with his siblings as well Mm -hmm. They wrote to me saying Hi Wesley Thanks for sending all this It's really nice to see Um, You know Because their father has passed away So having all this material And finding out Oh wow Dad used to do this Dad used to do that Which dad never told them Uh um, They found it very fascinating
1: Okay Let's pull out that picture uh, Kai uh, The one that says uh, The purchase of pre-World War II items yeah, that's the one. So that's that uh, that's his son, right? Correct, yeah, Michael. Uh, Michael, yeah, Michael. Okay, that's cool, man. That's cool. Hey, you can put it up a little longer, Kai. Don't worry about it. Don't be shy. Oh, it's there still. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, me being stupid. Uh, okay, have a good look. So that's the workbook with uh, the picture of uh, Wolf, of Wildemar.
0: Um, that's Wolfgang, actually. Oh, that's Wolfgang. Oh,
1: okay, that's, oh, that's a brother. Okay, mm. that's cool, that's cool. Okay, Wow. Wow.
0: But I guess I was really lucky because mm. um the chances of actually finding him is uh very low. Mm-hmm. It just so happened uh I mean I guess this intern on Queensland Rail was really hard working and decided to go I like that. I mean that wow. guy
1: that guy deserves an award, man. Yeah, I have no idea who he or she Get is. Get him a tiger, dude. <laughs> I mean, come on! Yeah. I mean, I mean he. I mean, he really, yeah. yeah, he really reached. He didn't he have to. Didn't you know, to most people won't.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you are in charge of the Queensland Rail Instagram, you're probably the intern doing media stuff yeah, or something. Yeah. It's nothing to do with you. Yeah, and yet you went on to ask your boss, "Hi, boss, I have this. Can I? Who do I contact? You know?" Uh, so I think. Well, it's really
1: cool, man. Yeah. It's really really cool. I see that one with a Nazi iron eagle.
0: There you go. Oh,
1: gosh. What the
0: heck is this? So, this is part of my collection. Um, this is a work... Not work booklet. Um, something a medic... A, a German soldier, medic in World War II would have with them. And inside, they would teach you how to see to someone who is injured. So, if you have your arm blown off, what do you do? If you have your toes... <laughs> Kill him. Off, like, what do you do? Well, what
1: kind of bandages... Chop it off. <laughs> That's so what the Nazis would say, wouldn't they?
0: So, it's kind of cool book. And I got this gosh. when I was in... Um, Germany actually many uh-huh. years ago and there was a book not a book fair like a flea market yeah. with a whole pile of like old books but uh-huh. most of the old books are like your normal old books like in it like, then, you know is there <laughs> and I was just looking through and I found this I was like what, what is this doing here so I bought it for like two bucks and I <laughs> brought it home I just Dude. I just, I just, I just, I I think it's a nice piece of history it is I actually, yeah I actually love the colour of the book that light blue colour it's a strange strange thing to like but I was like it's a nice blue <laughs> yeah
1: well, you have got this transparency yeah, here as well. It goes over. Cool. Well, you got to say, you've got to give them credit, man. I mean, at least they got themselves really organized. Huh? Yeah. Amazing. You know, this is for a Nazi medic.
0: Nazi medic, yeah.
1: Uh, well, I can't see whether it's Nazi or not, because even back then, the Wehrmacht, which is the regular army, they mm. have the same symbol. Mm. Yeah, unless you see the SS yeah, yeah. and the death hit, right? Uh, then perhaps, yeah. Mm. Oh, this is so cool, man. Thanks so much for sharing this with me. What's the other stuff?
0: Ooh, um, I brought some stuff here that's kind of interesting. So, these uh-huh. are all... Okay, not that interesting. Like, this is something linked to my medical <laughs> medical <laughs> stuff that I kind of <laughs> like. So, these are all invoices from the early 90s of um, dispensaries or clinics in Singapore. And um, it's kind of cool. So, this invoice is from...
1: This is not an invoice. I think this is, uh, this is more like a prescription. Yeah, like a prescription yeah. receipt kind of thing. The medical office chemists, druggists, and opticians. Dr. P.E., I think it's pronounced this way, Cray, M.D. Mm. Yeah, Mm. well, check this out, man.
0: And what's cool about it is that from this um, like prescription invoice thing, you can tell what the person is being prescribed. So, I think there's a writing of like sodium bromide, which is something um, people in the past will get prescribed if you have like, for example, epilepsy. Um, Something that's not done today because they eventually found out, okay, it's not the best thing because it has some neck Disadvantages to it. <laughs> yeah. They use it today for like, tranquilizers.
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, it's like, okay, what, what did people used to do before when, when, for people with mental illness back then? They mm. used to bore a hole in the center of your skull yeah. or something. i my like, yeah. goodness, what's it called? Uh, uh, gosh, What's it called uh, in Ukrainian? What's it called? Uh, lobotomy. Mm. Yeah, they called it a lobotomy. Crazy people back yeah. then, man. People used to suffer so much. Prescriptions accurately prepared <laughs> the dispensary limited i tell you yeah hey, you 're right, old stuff 's cool. you look at even the design man, even the font It's so much effort yeah. it's all and it 's not freaking photoshop man yeah, yeah it 's all all handwork, really, thanks so much for sharing that really oh. really so what 's your next plan man you got anything anything planned, anything exciting you 'd be doing like maybe a, 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 a new film. A movie. Do one. this action-packed or something. Man, I don't know, you know. <laughs>
0: um, I would love to do something that's still um, history-based. So, I'm still seeing if I can explore something there. Uh-huh. I know I won't be writing a book. Um, that's not in the plans. Right. Um, but I would like to do something a bit more film-related. Because I think in the last few years, I did a bit more writing than... Film related stuff Uh So I think it's nice To go back to that But I'm always looking for New like opportunities I would love to do something Music related um, Or anything That's more Theatrical in its Oh god More life Or more life (laughs) Life in a sense Would be cool Okay Um, Yeah So those are the things I'm thinking about But um, Yeah I think Exciting times I guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) You play any instruments
0: I used to play Quite a fair bit But then I've not Over the last 10 years.
1: Maybe it's time. Yeah. For, it's time for you to start picking him up again, man, and then start working on a musical. Oh, wow, something like I me. Mean, I don't know. Not, no, please don't do. It. I mean, not your typical. Oh, not your typical musical kind of thing. You know, I mean, you know, I, 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 I was so glad when School of Rock came out and mm. stuff, right? You know, and 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 that one with Tom Cruise. Did you see that one? What's it called now? Rock of Ages. Oh, I haven't seen that Tom Cruise. Yeah. As a rock lead singer, wow! Jeez, great, good, great! Well, that that movie was brilliant. Wow, okay. You know, uh, Rock of Ages. Um, I mean, do stuff like that, man. Mm. I know your typical Rogers and Hammerstein, <laughs> you know. And then uh, your are okay, Weber's Lloyd Weber's fine, you know. But then again, we got too much of those. Then you you had your some sum, you know, I mean, a bit of grease is cool, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, stuff like that, it's something out of the box, man, you know, <laughs> <laughs> out of the box, you know, I mean, just get away from the usual, it's so boring, God, really, mm-hmm. yeah, Anyway, <laughs> it's great having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much, Chris. No, no, not at all, man. Pleasure's all mine. You know, I hope I didn't throw you off. <laughs> no, all good, all good. good. I just wanted to hear, but yeah, I like to do this. I, I like to collect stories. And I like to collect people's opinions. Yeah. Um, without any disrespect to their own opinions, of course, you know. And I will always say mine. Um, and I really, I'm one guy. All these years, I've been an advocate for, let's get things better here in Singapore not just for the arts, mm. and not just for, the, for entertainment, but also for sports. You know, I mean, having seven, seven, seven patakosho <laughs> is ah. really quite unforgivable. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. You know, I, I think there's so much... We can do I'm happy for our Sea Games athletes For example You know I think Fantastic stuff You know And Ryong, Shout out to you too man Great job dude Really I mean Sharing that Water with oh, you Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I is. mean My goodness He's a stand up guy I mean I, I I've met Ryong, He was on yes. one of my shows In my previous uh, Chat show before uh, Yeah You know He's a stand up guy Yeah And, and this, it's these things That make me really happy You see Singapore stepping up You know Um Um and how we've been winning our goals uh, so it's not just about the arts it's just about, just about everything as a yes, matter right. of fact yeah? right. I think we need to really think beyond whatever we're used to and do some, something that's really different and there's no reason why we can't do a career a South Korea that is there's no reason why we can't do that right there's no reason why we can't come up with talents that can rival the rest of the world I, I, I don't want to I don't want to believe that. I don't want to believe that we can't do better just because we're a little tiny little red dot on a, on a global map. You know what I mean? No, man. We can go more. We can do more. We can go further. We can go much, much further. But again, thank you so much for being on CHC. Hey. And uh, we we'll, uh, Hmm. I noticed. Mm-hmm. Do you need me to say, I would say do it this way, Kai. Thank you so much for watching CHC. um, And uh, I hope to see you again soon. We've got two more episodes to go before we call it a day for season one. And I'd like to thank you guys for being with us so far. Uh, But then again, please, whatever you do, stay safe. Think out of the box. Do something worthwhile of your life. If you love something that you really love to do, go and do it. Don't stop yourselves. Until next time, this is Chris Hansen saying, see you again. Bye-bye. Mmmmm.